0: And it is recording. We've nailed it. Welcome to the Russell Talk Podcast. Is Ricochet fixed? Has WWE finally figured out what they want to do with the man that Gravity forgot? Nope, that's Pack. The other high flying guy, Ricochet, he's very talented and I'd like to see him do better. Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast. We are here, Sat and Tempest, as the official SmackDown review duo here on Saturdays on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. We are gonna be going through the December 2nd episode of WWE SmackDown and the conclusion of the SmackDown World Cup. And make sure that you comment down below, like this video, let us know what you thought of Ricochet's match with Santos, Escobar and what you think they will do with Ricochet going forward. But Sat, I will start this conversation by asking you, do you think they have
1: fixed Ricochet? Uh, I would like to say the answer is no. Usually I'm not known for being a negative individual, but I feel like with Ricochet, we've been here before. Every time, you know, he gets heated up. When Triple H first took over, you know, uh, SmackDown and Raw, we were thinking, oh, they're going to fix Ricochet. He's wrestling with his old self. The the chains are off. It's been broken. He wins the Intercontinental title. Then, you know, he has it for like a few months. His title reigns okay, but not that great. And then he loses to Gunther. And then he goes a little bit over a slope. And now they're heating them up again for Gunther. Then he's going to lose. And what's going to happen next? I'm always about what happens next. Yes, he's got an Intercontinental title match. Yeah, he won the tournament. You can add the World Cup to his list of accolades for his future, you know, Hall of Fame speech and ceremony and video package. But I always think about what happens when, because obviously by watching SmackDown, we know that they're gearing up towards Gunther versus Braun Strowman. We know that's the... It's been telegraphed to us. That's the money match we should keep our eyes on. But what about Ricochet? Ricochet, for me, feels like a stopgap. That's why I can't say he's been fixed. It's great that he's winning matches. I can't complain about that. But in terms of answering your question, I would have to say no, because I feel like he's going to go back to the same spot he was before he won the trophy. I think it's
0: entirely possible. And also, I'm just going to tilt this down a little bit. Got you.
1: Got you, brother. I love this guy. And look, look at his t shirt. The only person that is qualified to wear a Canadian destroyer t shirt because he is Canadian and he does destroy your opinions. Except the ones I agree with. So, on this show,
0: I'll take you through because this is where we're going to start our review of SmackDown with the end of the show, of course, like all good reviews do. But not quite the end of the show. Because throughout this show, there were a couple of very good pre-recorded videos hyping up the end of the SmackDown World Cup. And I liked both of them very much. First, you had Legato Del Fantasma in like... Their their mob hangout looking place. They're shooting pool. They're playing poker. They're drinking. They're smoking cigars. They look sophisticated. And this, to me, is another example of what I really like with this sort of thing. We saw it with Hit Row and NXT, where you give somebody or a group a very distinct promo style. And it makes their whole presentation feel a lot more fully formed mm-hmm. it's the type of thing where like i've used this example before but when tyler breeze was doing his promo selfie videos on his phone i miss those days i, I miss those days as well he gets called up to the main roster and immediately he's just cutting promos backstage with an interviewer like anybody else yes. they made him feel not special but these guys feel special because they're different i really like that so we got that first one so does escobar say so he was gonna win Later in the show, you get Ricochet in the gym doing a real, like, training montage. He's prepared. He says he's going to win. Both of which, very good. Very good. Hyping up the main event. I like promos that kind of tie the, the show together like a consistent thread yeah. going throughout a show. I like that a lot. And then we had the main event. show, or The main event starts. They get into it. They wrestle a little bit. It is non-stop interference from Legato Del Fantasma. And then, about a minute or two in, the referee has enough, ejects all members of Legato Del Fantasma, including Zelina Vega, who is on commentary. They all get sent to the back.
1: That part was funny, by the way, because she was sitting down, She could've just stayed there and be the only one outside. She's like, nope, I have to go to the apron. And the (laughs) referee's like, you know what? you stand on the apron, you're you're, you're interrupting my call. Now you get out too. And that made me laugh too. I was like, oh, yeah, Zelina, you should've sat down. I
0: I always think it's hilarious when I see something like this, because in theory, if Mm. you see somebody just get on the apron during a match, like you should probably throw them out. There's no like warning. It's like, hey, if you do it again, like, no, like, that's too much but regardless they all get thrown out we're allowed to just have our wrestling match. They talked about this on commentary with Wade saying that look at it El Fantasma played a large role in Santos Escobar's first two wins in the tournament. So that was kind of like well what is he going to do? He's got to do it alone. Can he do it? blah 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 that sort of thing. Very good stuff. And then this match just they kicked it into a high gear. They were doing some things that were like really mind-blowing. Ricochet tried to do, like, a step-up move onto the barricade, and Santos got out of the way, and Ricochet just balanced himself on the top of the barricade, which always terrifies me, Me because it's like... It's not like just a flat surface. It's flat, but it's like cushy. Yeah. You know, it's got the, the can, cushioning can, on the top you of can,
1: it. You can easily slip out. It's like you can that's like botch city ready. Yeah. You
0: could slip, you could like roll your ankle, you could do a bunch of stuff, but he lands it, does a very good job. Santos Escobar gets up onto the onto the barricade as well, hits a hurricane run on Ricochet to the
1: floor. Mwah. Lucha Underground stars. That's what it was. That, that's when I was watching the whole match. I was like, "This is Lucha Underground." I mean, that's you know, like Prince Puma and King Kurno. Just, <laughs> you
0: know, you love to see it. There were lots of like Hurricane Ranas and that type of thing in this match. There were Hurricane Ranas off the top rope. A Poison Rana, Ricochet did the spot that all the Flippy guys do, where they do the Hurricane rana and they land on their feet and they they look really mean and it's cool every single time. I don't care what people like Braun Strowman say. I love that spot. I, I like love it too. every time they do it. And eventually, they both block each other's finishers. One, uh, Santos Escobar goes for the Phantom Driver. It gets countered. Ricochet goes for the Shooting Star Press. Santos Escobar gets his knees up. Eventually, Ricochet finally hits a number of kicks and finally gets the 630 Centon. He nails it, gets the win, and he is your SmackDown World Cup winner.
1: Question, because you, you're the fact checker. Was that the first time he's done it on the main roster? The no, he's, he's done it before. He's done, right? before, he's yeah. done that before. So it's yeah. been like years since he's busted out. I'm Maybe like, I mean, he doesn't win matches usually these days. That's so like until, until like the later portion of the summertime, Ricochet victories weren't really a thing. And, yeah. he, and he went for a wardrobe crisis when he couldn't figure out if he wanted to wear trunks or jeans <laughs> or whatever. I, I watch him for this kind of I'm one of those stickler of, of gear and music, yeah. Ricochet went for an identity crisis. I don't know where I want to be. I want to wear jeans for a bit. Now I want to wear trunks again. Now I want to wear shorts and I'm wearing tights again. I'm going to push again for this month for this month
0: as well because he goes up onto the stage. they make this a really big deal. They give him the full pyro display. he holds up his trophy. it's a happy ending and then Walter makes his way out to the stage. they have their stare down. they are going to be wrestling in two weeks in Chicago and I Same. like I like that. I like that they had promoted the tag title match for next week which we'll get to. and now we've got another title match for two weeks time so we can mm. spend a week next week hyping that up even more. I think if, again, I'm with you. I'm totally with you in that what comes next. What happens next with Ricochet? Because I think this tournament has been a very good way to set up a very top-notch Intercontinental Championship match. We've seen a number of times, like we've seen the the five ways or four ways or whatever it's been Mm. since Triple H has taken over. These big number one contendership matches that have been very good. I feel like this tournament had a very similar kind of... Outlook on all of that, you know, where these big matches, you see a great match like this, mm. and it makes you then care about the championship more. True. The championship then looks more prestigious because you go through this incredible match and even more matches in this case, because it's a tournament in order to get to that point. But I don't know whether or not this will be sort of the turning point for Ricochet on the main roster. He's kind of been that guy who, similar to Chad Gable on Raw, has been one of the MVPs in terms of like, well, he's the person they put in to have a good match with the person they want to push.
1: True.
0: I would very much like to see both of those guys eventually get their shot. And they seem like the kind of guys where it's like, okay, I can't do it right, right now. But give me a few months, let me get the other balls rolling first, and then we'll get to you and you'll get your push. I'm hoping this is the start of a ricochet push. I don't think that's going to necessarily mean him beating Walter by any no. means. Because there's other plans they're going to do him and whoever else. Braun Strowman is going to get him at some point. There's going to be more stuff down the line for Walter in the Intercontinental title. <coughs> but I would very much like to see Ricochet be a featured member of the SmackDown roster. And seeing him get to have a match like this
1: promoted in the main event, yes. I
0: think is a very big step forward from where he was.
1: Well, a part is thinking like would... Has Ricochet done everything he needs to do on SmackDown? That's my mm. question. Because I think in my head, the matches he can have on Raw. Because I feel like he's faced all like the upper mid-card guys. Yeah, you've got um, Santos Escobar, who's relatively new there. His face, his face is Gunter. His face is Santos. And his, who should he face next? LA Knight? They already wrestled already. They had mm. a little mini whatever it was already. So I feel like for me, because he's been Intercontinental Champion already, it would just be retreating the old you know fred of him winning the title again he's done it i feel like for me what should be next for ricochet is for him to go to raw Mm. i feel like he needs to go to Raw, fight be more upper mid card you know be off of that level face roman because that roman's been beating everyone it would be good to have a little mini feud between roman and and ricochet that's a match we haven't really seen as well so if that was me i would do that i also like the fact Because a lot of people have been complaining about how guys like uh, LA Knight is now in a prominent spot facing uh, Bray Wyatt, which we'll talk about that later. But Santos Escobar, relatively a newcomer, but you got to know him as an in-ring performer straight away in this tournament and care instantly. Mm -hmm. Because the fact that he's a new guy... Because a lot of people didn't watch NXT 2.0 the original NXT towards the end. He's a new guy, featured in the main event. That's great for him. And he's a great talker as well. I've always been a huge fan of him. And I felt yeah. like 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 Cameron Grimes, he's a guy that was in NXT for far too long than he should have been. And I felt like the match was great. But for me, um, I'm, I'm hesitant because I want... Uh, Gunter to be Intercontinental Champion for a year. I wanted to beat Honky Tonk Man's record. <laughs> I have an agenda. I want Gunter to beat Honky Tonk Man's record. If there was ever a time it was meant to be Santino, it didn't happen. But is there ever a time in this generation, in this time you and I alive, it should be now. Gunter should be champion for a year because he's got a history of winning titles for breaking records. He should break records. I feel like whoever beats Gunter. Uh, next year down the line will be a bigger star by beating him if he's got a long historic reign which I feel like they're trying to do with him right now with the list of wrestlers he's faced besides Braun Strowman he's going to face but I feel they're going to be a good a good host match but yeah I think Ricochet afterwards should go to Raw exclusively afterwards I feel like he's done everything he can do on, on, on SmackDown it would be like you know old grounds again. It has been done already. Has, mm-hmm. I don't remember him being on Raw that much anymore since the pandemic time, so mm-hmm. I'm ready for him to go back to Raw.
0: I don't think that's a bad shout at all. Like I would like to see a Ricochet-Roman Reigns match at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to get to that, because it seems like Roman has a lot more on his plate. There's a lot more plate spinning regarding the bloodline and potential, potential pay-per-view level matches, and yeah. I don't know how much time we would have to build up a Ricochet-Roman Reigns match on SmackDown in between now, then, whenever... So I don't think that's a bad shot at all. I think Ricochet over on Raw would be a lot of fun. I think that might help Raw a little bit with that uh, level of depth. And it might kind of be dependent on what they're doing with Raw because they only have a U.S. title to work with. So if they were... I mean, there's a whole conversation for another time of separating the belts and giving more for Raw to do. But I think Ricochet would have a lot more fresh matches over on Raw, whether
1: Seth Rollins or whoever. I would swap Mustafa Ali for Ricochet. Because I feel like Ali... Have his return is not. I don't, Triple H hasn't really done. done okay, it's done okay with him. It's better than what Vince did. But I feel like that whole return, that cold return out of knowing when Ali came back, where last time he was a heel, because not a lot of people watch the internet. So kids are kind of like this guy was a bad guy yeah. who was beating up on Mansoor. Mansour. And now he's coming back, and we have to cheer for him. Like fans are not as thick as they were, in, like in the eighties and nineties. You can't tell me cheer this guy. Like even Tegan Knox coming back for a lot of people, they'll be like, I've never seen her before. We we know we're like that Rainbow Warrior. That's not Jeff Hardy. That's yeah. Tegan
0: Knox. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, Ali should go to SmackDown. I feel like he'll fit more, and he can do the fresh start thing. His push has been kind of derailed a bit because Seth Rollins has gone really over to the point where he's now a tweener, which has hurt um Ali a bit, and also Lashley's is a face, but. Between the things, also hurting Ali as well because he's looking like a guy you don't really want to cheer for. So for me, I would swap Ali to re- rehab him on SmackDown, and Ricochet can take that spot of feuding on that level with him versus Theory, him versus Lashley, him versus Seth Rollins. That sounds exciting in your head, right? Because it's mm-hmm. fresh, it's new. Because I feel like um, Ricochet has done all he needs to do on SmackDown. He should go to Raw. That's what I should say. That's what should be next. Yes.
0: We're going to get into the rest of our SmackDown review here because we opened with the best Wrestling story in the world right now. That is the bloodline stuff with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn came out with the Usos and Sola Sakoa. They got in the ring and Sami Zayn tried to tried to hype up the Usos for their contributions in war games. And he was like, Oh, we won at war games, and why did we do that? Because we've got the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team champions out. And Jimmy Uso immediately is like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that tonight. We talked about this. We're not doing that It's nice about you. Tonight's about you, Sammy, because you're the MVP of War Games. You're the reason that we won. Really going in on Sammy Zayn being part of this group. Yes. So much so, Jey Uso grabs the mic and he's like, listen, man, I didn't like you. I didn't want you in this group, but you're in my respect at War Games. And they all do their
1: Stereo Stereo Yeah I mean They they all do
0: their Their little handshake It takes
1: a level of concentration Not to F that up You know what I'm saying That takes a lot of practice (laughs) Like I can't Even right now I don't know if I'm doing anything Stereo wise But yeah They did it fluidly It was beautiful It was wonderful And of course he says that he's
0: feeling Uzi Because you know catchphrase. By the way He
1: he makes it work by the way Because when anybody else does it I'm feeling Uzi You're like uh, Shilling for t-shirts But when Sammy did it Feeling oozy. It's, it's something genuine by how he says it, and then I like how he goes, "How are you feeling?" It's like it's like a I'm, I'm feeling oozy. The crowd
0: like it. Like if if the if the crowd weren't into it at all, I, I'd really feel like they're shilling t shirts, and I still do. But when Sammy does it I was like yeah yeah
1: yeah You For me, get your thing it makes sense only Sammy can do it I feel like anyone else trying to write you know f- feeling with it with with the brutey yeah <laughs> added added add, add those additives on uh on usi I'm I, I, yeah that's not realistic I feel like the best catchphrases or the best uh, things I get over with the fans are organic ones. And then what WWE tends to do, especially under Vince era, and they're kind of doing it a bit here, is they'll drive it to the ground. They'll be like, look, we know the joke. We're in on a joke. We're so cool. We know the joke. We're in the joke. Buy a t-shirt. That's the joke.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But this was then interrupted by Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes, and I didn't understand Sheamus' promo. I tried. I listened to it back a few times. He he said like he didn't want to beat up a fellow ginger, but he would. And then said that by the end of the night, Sammy would have a smile on his face. And I think he maybe
1: stumbled over that line because he was like, "Let's fight." And then he just he, went to the it ring. Was a short, it, it was almost an inconsequential promo. He came out, he cut his promo, and then he's like... I was like, does he not have anything more to say? Yeah, he yeah just, absolutely. I'm, absolutely that's okay, saying. you know. Sometimes if you do, you know, stumble it and bumble it, just get straight to the point and start fighting. Yeah. By the way, Sami Zayn's theme music is painfully generic. When they're all coming out together, I was like, this is like a B show, like a main event, you know, show kind of theme. He needs a better theme. Or unless they're doing it on purpose, he had such a whack theme, so when he goes back to his old theme, he'll be rejoicing, even though, allegedly, Sammy doesn't like his old theme. Allegedly. I think he's playing into that. Yeah? I think I think so. That he's, theme is so good. He said he couldn't make it. He made it work. Like People are saying, that's too much of a baby theme, uh, Babyface theme song, and he made it work as an obnoxious heel. Mm-hmm. Who does that? He did it. He, you know, them was like, I like this song. And then he, he starts dancing. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. dancing.
0: Yeah. Man, I'm, if they do the match or whatever in Montreal for elimination that chamber song, yeah? and, that, and they play that song you're that
1: out. I am oh, gonna be- <laughs>
0: that that crowd will
1: sing along and it'll be oh, magical. Oh. Oh, oh, oh bang, 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 bang I'm like When it came out It just doesn't feel Like a cool song I know I get it Maybe they did it on purpose He's not a cool guy At least Like the B-Team theme The B-Team had a great Hard rock song Which they changed into time B-Team B-Team Go, go, go At least I had Like little silliness I, I can I, A wink I can understand But Sami Zayn's theme Is so generic It's like the most Generic Vanilla song you hear It just It doesn't do anything for me It just makes me mad that he's pretending because his dance move doesn't go. It's like you're dancing to a kid's song and you're trying to put some hard edge into it. You're like, that's not the song to do it to. I just don't like his song. I just don't like it. You can hardly tell
0: they got into this match here with Sami Zayn and Sheamus because they rushed the ring. Sheamus and Sami Zayn have a match. Oh, this was a really fun little opener match that they had here. They did a lot of teases of Sheamus's chest strike thing that they did. Sami tried to do it. Sheamus tried to do it. They both blocked each other. Eventually, Sheamus managed to do it. Nice buildup of that spot. Eventually, you get more towards the end. The Usos start getting involved on the outside, and then Butch and Ridge Holland go and take them out. They try and out outnumber them, and then Solo Sikoa comes in, levels both of them out. And the ref gets distracted. This allows Sheamus to to pick him up for basically an Alabama slam. And Jey Uso, very mm-hmm. importantly, Jey Uso hits Sheamus with a super kick, allowing Sami Zayn to roll him up and get the pin. I was very surprised at this. Not necessarily surprised in a good or bad way, even. But just I've been looking at this like thinking that Sheamus is going to be Roman's next challenger. I
1: think that was their initial idea.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I don't necessarily
1: feel that way anymore. Well, there's there's been rumor that excuse me, they might be uh, Kevin Owens and and Roman Reigns now for the Rumble. There's been rumors, but to go back to what you're saying, when you thought might be Sheamus, they positioned Sheamus as Roman's opposition. Uh, before War Games, doing the the SmackDown shows, the the face to face of was Sheamus yeah. and Roman Reigns, and it would have made sense like with the push the Sheamus been having since the past autumn summer, you 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 know you name it, Clash at the Castle, he's. Hot enough, Two Face Roman at a Rumble. Mm-hmm. That would be the, you know, the the natural progression. But I think because they need to get heated on this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn storyline, they feel like maybe there's more meat on that match, especially when they wrestled a couple of years ago out of a Rumble. Mm-hmm. There's so, there's there's so much more left uh, in that in that feud, and I understand why they want to do it because they want to get to the Elimination Chamber allegedly for Montreal for Sami Zayn. I feel like in their mind, Roman doesn't wrestle on Raw anymore. They could have done it on Raw. They could still do it on Raw, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I never looked at that
0: potential match of Roman and Sheamus as like, oh, that's the Royal Rumble match. I thought that's gonna be a big title match on a SmackDown, like, at uh, the end of the
1: year. I thought I we at Rumble, but okay, yeah.
0: So, I, I could be totally wrong. That, that being said, like, they were the two faces that were on, like, the War Games poster mm. and everything. So, at the very least, they were kind of promoting it that way. But the team that, captains. I mean, yeah. they were
1: the team captains.
0: That's totally fine, though. If they don't want to do that, no, that's fine. Because I was looking at this, and I was like, man, boy, I really don't want them to just beat Sami Zayn after whatever, everything that we've got going on. And then they didn't. And they just had him beat Sheamus. And I was like, that feels like a really big win. That sort of win where they realize that they've got to kind of capitalize on this Sammy popularity. Because you can't have him lose the matches all the way to a potential title match. And he
1: was the babyface of the match, I can arguably. Because in the beginning of the matches, um, Sheamus was controlling the match. It felt like a, a, a heel monster heel just tick chopping down the babyface. Mm-hmm down and then the fans were just supporting him like the the ovation he got out even though the song is rubbish he got an ovation got a reaction he won a top rope in my head I was like I know he's a heel but He feels like a babyface. He feels like a babyface who's in a misguided group. You know, you you shouldn't hang out with that gang. Stay away from (laughs) that gang. They're 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 bad. You know, they're bad. And then Sammy's like, no, they're my friends. Yeah, they're misunderstood. So yeah, in the match, it felt to me like Sammy was the babyface. And then it's weird to think uh, how he's come a long way since his feud with the Jackass people. And then you know he was his conspiracy theorist character. He was the annoying guy, and now he's this beloved, Mm -hmm. almost underdog again. Welcome to SmackAss. This was a very good opening segment.
0: I enjoyed it very much. We then had the backstage pre-recorded uh, promo from Legado del Fantasma that we talked about earlier, and then we had Kofi Kingston being com- uh, being the first person to declare for the Royal Rumble, almost two months ahead of the event. We have no? plenty of time. Plenty of time to, to determine who's going to be in this match. He gets asked about who's going to win Ricochet and Santos Escobar. He says Ricochet, you can't bet against him, and it's generic answer. And then imperium walks up interrupts him and he says he'll engage in fisticuffs with one of the members of imperium and then walter walks in he's like all right you're gonna fight me then they walk off and kofi's like oh damn bro you were just standing outside the whole time all right yeah, that, was, that was funny it was funny like you could hear the crowd laugh at that one i like that um
1: that's all a solid little backstage thing it's fine um it makes me, every time when I see uh, New Day interacts with Imperium, I'm like, oh, man, I wish Big E was around. Absolutely. Give me Big E versus
0: Walter. I'd I, like that match very that much. Would be,
1: that would be great. And it makes me sad, like, how like New Day has just been re- reduced. Like They're still getting spotlight. They're still having promo time. And then they're doing mini feuds. But it's like, it's nothing of consequence. Because yeah. I, I really want to see them do more. And uh, again, Kofi Kingston, funny guy. Uh, like, Gunter, you've been hiding the whole time? Like, my goodness. Like, yeah. th- that made me laugh. I ain't going to lie. That those
0: it was good stuff.
1: Bray Wyatt was backstage,
0: and he cut a, a pretty spooky promo. He mm. was kind of like cult leader Bray, just doing more of a rambly, talking about how we're all animals. and Technology. And we all are te- this technology. Technology. Eating we're, flies. Yeah, this is like spiders eat flies, and snakes eat rats, and whatever. You know, it, it's more of a Bray Wyatt shtick that we're kind of more familiar with than we have been the last few weeks where that's been, or last couple months now, that's been a lot more different and fresh.
1: It was this, direct. You, yeah. you, recently since it's come back, it would be more direct. But you, this has gone back to the cryptic program. Yeah. But the, the main thing I took, we took away from that was, he said, I didn't do
0: it. Yeah. He said that he didn't do it, but if he had, there'd be nothing left of LA night. So it would lead one to believe that, in fact, Uncle Howdy is a
1: different person or something. Dude, I was about to say the same thing. I think, yeah, he's actually... We're met, we're led to believe that it's a split personality thing because mm-hmm. of The Fiend and children's character, Bray Wyatt. Yep. So we're trained on the law of Bray Wyatt. We are not meant to believe him. This guy never knows when he's got a personality uh, this, you know, mm-hmm. disorder or not. So I'm with you. I believe that Bray's not doing it. Uncle Howdy is a real physical manifestation of him that probably escaped or whatever. But Uncle Howdy is real. It's Framing Bray. And we're gonna find that probably after Rumble or probably close uh, to Elimination Chamber that Uncle Howdy is a real person. Mm-hmm. And maybe it might be Uncle Howdy versus Bray at WrestleMania, who knows? Who could possibly think of
0: that idea? Make sure that you check out Adam Blompy's latest booking video, How Adam Would Book Bray Wyatt Uncle Howdy over on Parts Fun Known just went up yesterday, it's very good. Mm-hmm. We then had Shayna Baszler taking on Emma. Before the match, Emma's talking with Mad Cat Moss and Mad Cat Moss is like, you're a revolutionary, you're a trailblazer, none of this women's revolution Happens without you, and I was like, it was, it was a bit of a reach. Like, she's she's a very important part of that NXT crew and everything, but like, I don't no, know. D- I felt dude,
1: like a dude bit a not, Listen, I know I'm I, Paige and Emma, they they're the two that started it, but I'm happy they're saying that. They didn't say to after they released her, because when she was yeah. there, they weren't they were not really do much with her. So I'm glad she get her flowers. Yeah, it's it's a in your mind, it's a bit of a reach, but she did help. Even though it's Madcap Moss, you're trying to get in there. If you're trying to get in there with someone you like, you kind of, you know, blow smoke up the tuchus and say, Hey, you're number one. I love you. I want you, baby. You, You are the sun and the moon and the stars. I'll do the same thing too. I don't think it would be that hard
0: to wrap my head around necessarily if she just like kind of was more
1: competitive in a lot of these matches. I like to move in this like yeah the the Ronda match was almost like we were getting gaslit into that it was a great performance it was okay kind of clunky in that match I felt like she was more fluid in this match mm. but again she I, she doesn't work as a generic face I want Dana's not doing nothing reunite as a tag team. I was a fan of that team, by the way. The mean ghost stick between Dana and Emma and then Emma's old, old theme. And I, I was into that. I was a, I was a fan of theirs. I mm-hmm. you can clearly see, I was a fan. Yeah, Emma's a little bit generic at the
0: moment, unfortunately. She gave Mad Cat Moss a kiss on the cheek. That Aww. was
1: lame. Kiss Aww. it on the lips. Are you that short? You can't reach his lips. Tell him to put his head down and kiss his lips.
0: No, you got to ease into it. Uh, I didn't think there was like... A ton to this match. It was like, it was fine. It was quick. Shayna won with the Kira Fuda clutch. That's kind of all there was to
1: it. After yeah, the match, the head scissors into Russian leg sweep by Emma was nice. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I feel like this time she did more interesting moves than when she first came back. It was okay. You're like, uh, I wish they can do more in the ring. But yeah, I feel like she looked better in this match. But it was the Shayna show. It was to advance the storyline. Shayna is now a Bad Bama jammer back in the ring again. Yes.
0: Fair enough. And after the match, Emma almost got her arm broken by Shayna, and then Shotzi came out to make the save, except she didn't because Shayna just immediately took her down and tried to break her arm. And then Raquel, the one-armed woman, made, made the actual save. Hot dog. I cannot fathom for the life of me why they did this Shotzi thing, yeah. like, with Ronda or any of this, because in kayfabe, on this show, yes, Shotzi sucks. She goes in there face-to-face, like, fair fight against someone who is worn down, just had
1: a match, and does nothing. Yes. <laughs> Gets immediately taken down and needs to be saved. You're right. You're saying, what was the point of Survivor Series if they're going to put it back to... Probably less than where she was standing before. Oh, I have no idea. That's because, as we all know, they're telegraphing it. is the money match. It's going to be Raquel versus Ronda. Probably Raquel versus uh, Shana for a number contender match to face Ronda. I don't mind it because I do think Raquel is... Out of all the women in 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 that whole vicinity, with Shayna, she's the threat. Mm-hmm. And also, Ronda and Raquel had that good match. So I, for me, want to see a rematch between them two. Raquel has improved leaps and bounds since NXT. She had two left feet in NXT. I didn't have any faith in her, but she since she's come to SmackDown, she's almost like a completely different performer. She's more comfortable in the ring, and 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 that, and that power bomb that she does, the Tiana bomb. She's finding new ways of putting people up. I'm ready. I I think that match will be like. Fine,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all on board for having Raquel and Ronda Rousey because the pickings are slim on SmackDown, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, yeah, next up, we had
1: Lacey Evans is going back to boot camp. I- I'm into that. Back to basics! She's in, you know, in an army, and then there's a voice of a narration by a woman saying, you know, like, you know, she's, like, gelling in with the crowd, uh, you know, she's not really doing much, now she has to go back to basics to find herself again. Listen, Triple H was handed where he was handed and, you know, he, he didn't have time to, to pivot. But this is a great time to rehab Lacey. I know in your mind you're thinking, they've done it again, we spent the past year her being rehabbed. But no, they're trying to break her, a, a tough sergeant, and I don't mind that. You maggot! I want her to use the Cobra clutch as well. Let's go all the way. Hey, Slaughter, are you doing anything, Sergeant Slaughter? Manage her, something. You maggot!
0: I don't know how you can rehab someone who was never good.
1: Oh, don't give me that. Lacey's got potential. She looks like a star. And, you know, her, she's got basic fundamentals. All you have to do is just, you know, put her in for a little bit more in terms of seasoning and to bring out the oven. Seasoning? Be, voila. <laughs> the the Mae Young Classic was years ago. Exactly. It was years ago. And Vince McMahon, he was like, mm, I love a blonde. Mm, yeah put on the main roster before she was ready she wasn't ready she'll be learning on the job she's better than what she was when she was facing becky those years ago she's got potential and she can cut promos she cuts believable promos that's that's important we're in sports entertainment land promos are great her ring skills will catch up eventually
0: i care not for lacey evans and i would like to thank her for allowing me to figure out what the inside of my skull looks like as I rolled my eyes into my back, into the back of my head, watching
1: <laughs> this. <laughs> Not a fan.
0: Get ready next Don't. week.
1: We'll be moving yet. There'll be more of the ladies. There'll be like, get ready. Uh, she might come back to the rumble and ready to wrestle. Can't. No. Nope. Can't, nope. can't wait. The enthusiasm is great. The enthusiasm is great.
0: (laughs) We then had had the Ricochet promo that we talked about earlier. And then we had Walter taking on Kofi Kingston. I thought this was a fun little match. It wasn't like the big promoted Walter match that is the culmination of an Intercontinental Championship thing. It's not him versus Rey Mysterio. No. It's not him against, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura or any of the other ones. Obviously not him and Sheamus by any means. But it was still like it's a fun match because to me, Walter is one of the few people on this show that is extremely distinct. His matches do not feel like other people's matches. No. So even if it is just a fun TV
1: match, his fun TV match will still feel different from any of the other TV matches. What I enjoyed about the match is that he actually sold a lot for Kofi. Kofi mm-hmm. got to kick out of the power bump because I, like I, people have to remember Kofi Kingston's a former WWE champion. I ain't forget. Some well, whoever's booking this surely has because even even in the booking this match it was, it, was, it was the booking of the champion facing this gallant baby face it should have be this former WWE champion you know who could probably potentially beat you know Gunter in, in the ring but the match was good great back and forth between them like I said Kofi Kingston kicked out of the powerbomb and then Gunter got to debut a new finisher. He did indeed, and this
0: was another case where Braun Strowman came out, and Braun Strowman ran off Imperium as they were trying to get uh, some interference going. <sighs> I don't want to see that match. I mean, the match will be good, I'm sure, but it will be. And, just, and 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 be sitting there crossing my fingers and toes the whole time. I don't know what you worried about.
1: You know well, what? exactly what I'm worried about. Gunter is a Triple H guy. Yeah, Braun. It was more of a Vince guy because he got taken away from Triple H really early. But he sees the value in the monster, but not enough to ruin plans. Gunther's has got into WrestleMania. Think about this. You're thinking, about like, WrestleMania season's coming. The Intercontinental title has not been defended in WrestleMania quite some time. Mm-hmm. Triple H has spent time rehabbing the internal title to the point where it's almost back to how it was in the late 80s, early 90s. Who do you think he wants to carry that gold into WrestleMania? Ron Strowman? Mm-hmm. Get his hands? No. No, no, no. Imperium. It is Gunther. It's the ring general. Gunther, have faith, dude. I have faith. faith. You have faith. You know. You have have faith. I know. I know. I know. You lost your know, your titles. Yeah. I know. You All lost- of them. <laughs> Everyone. I'm the champion of nothing. No, you're the champion of the people. You're the champion of Saturday. You're the champion of my heart, man. You are the champion. I love you, brother. Listen, we're going to do a vigil, but Gunter's going to win. It's going to be a big victory. They're going to play that so many times in his video package. When they did that one-year thing, They're gonna swear how many power-bombed him.
0: Uh, I, will, I, will, and trups, I will do a dance. I will do a dance when this happens. You've got to record it. He said it here, guys. You heard
1: it. He's going to do a dance. You've got to record it.
0: So this was a fun new match and then Walter did indeed debut a new finisher because he hits the power bomb on Kofi Kingston. Kofi kicks out and then Walter hits an Emerald Flosion, yeah, which about. he is calling the last symphony. Very fun. I love that they are indeed adding yet another potential match ending move to Walter's arsenal. It's, just, it's good. It's the kind of thing that I like. It's like Brian Danielson having a million submission holds that he can win matches with. It's good stuff.
1: My question is, can he put the last symphony on Braun Strowman without breaking his neck? I suppose we will see because that'll be very impressive. I'd rather him just do the power bomb. I mean, I feel like he can do the, the take a last ride thing. He always oh, in the corner and just lift him yeah. slightly and then walk forward and <laughs> yeah. fall down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just do that. Uh, So then, after we had that match, we had the bloodline about to leave the building, and Sami Zayn and Sola Sokoa go off and walk ahead, and the Usos have a little brotherly heart to heart. Jimmy Uso's like, man, Sami Zayn and the bloodline, and you're on board with it. I never thought I'd see it. And Jay's like, yeah, man, I didn't think this was going to happen either. Mm. Jimmy's like, do you ever get a chance to talk to Sami about why you lied to your face? And Jay was like, nope. But the tribal chief said that all he needed to do was look
1: into his eyes and he'd see what he needed to see. That, was, that, was, that needed to be addressed because mm-hmm. that, that's the elephant in the room. It's kind of like, Che, you're cool, but he did lie to your face. He's like, yeah, but Roman says. But another thing as well, I feel like that word, uh, the, the words that Roman said to Sammy is going to be echoed again down the line about, oh, yeah. I think we, we may think, oh, Roman looked him in the eye and he saw what he needed to see. What he saw was, you're a liar. If you're going to lie to my cousin, that means you're just one day going to lie to me. Because don't forget, Roman Reigns was once a paranoid individual. Paranoid, you know, just mm-hmm. sociopath. He's still a paranoid sociopath. His title means a lot. He's like, you infiltrated my group. You're trying to get close to the title. I do believe it. Because even Solo, I don't know, I'm really too much into it. Solo hasn't been that friendly lately towards... I've anime. noticed this. I've noticed this as
0: well. Mean, I don't. Much- I don't think that's nothing. Because there's the, the there's the moment at the very end of War Games where they're all doing kind of like their arm in arm linked group hug thing, and Roman and Jay are still just kind of giving Samuel a look. It's like all this is happening. But I do think that they're the ones that are
1: in on what's really happening. And don't forget, there was a time when Roman just took solo out. It was him and Paul that had to leave the arena, wherever it was. And he said to Usos, you watch out for Sami Zayn. I feel like Roman's being like, mm-hmm. guys, this was going on. You know, I don't trust this guy. in blood. Like, he's a liar. Can't trust him. You get one shot. I, feel, I do feel like Sami, like Roman was willing to accept him, but I think that one. Cowardly action is enough. I mean, if you run a tight ship, you don't suffer no fools. Even though it wasn't to me, Jay yeah, told me the truth, but you told me the truth, because you know... <laughs> I got evidence. Mm-hmm. Everyone watched the show. It's,
0: yeah, th- that to me is like one thing. I know, I know. Ollie and uh, Luke brought this up on the review of War Games, where it's like... You know, Jerry could just watch the show, mm. and he'd know why Sami Zayn lied to him and everything. Like, the explanation has been given, but it's fine. You have to kind of pretend that the camera's not there. That's it, weird. It, it's weird. Sometimes it's, it's wrestling. I'm not going to get into it. It's a, it's a nitpicky thing, but I, it's I, it's not a
1: detraction from the story for well, me. We, okay, we're going to talk about a, a certain promo tarot card later, and I'm going to ask you, was that to the camera <laughs> or was that to himself? <laughs> Where we get there, I we'll, get question, there. Yeah. we'll get there very
0: soon, in fact, because uh, the bloodline they have their little conversation there, and but they're like, ah, but we won a war games, right? Ah, mm. yeah, we good. And then Sheamus knocks both the Usos out and he tells them that uh, he and McIntyre will be waiting for them next week on SmackDown. Uh, the Usos are facing Elias and Riddle. I did
1: not know that they were a tag team. Well, I, I, I do not well, pay attention. Oh, you don't pay, okay. I'm not paying attention okay. at all. When, when you saw Riddle holding a bongo. what did you think i saw i was like well that joke's gonna get old and they're gonna keep doing it but no i i don't know what happened to there was like certain weeks when elias wasn't that much at raw when they started this whole little interaction if you will because they haven't really been they've started teaming kind of but yeah i feel like randy orton has taken such a long time to come back they need to figure out a way to prolong the inevitable split so they're like elias yeah, you know, let's do it. You know, yeah. Riddle's the king of you know dysfunctional tag teams, and like you know, you like to do music. He likes the bongo or the bong. You get he it? He likes wink to wink hit wink. his bong. Yes, which is you know, yes, winky winky for the teenagers. Wink wink. uh Them teaming up will give him something to do, and also heat up the old you know rivalry. But I'm kind of sad that they're rushing this uh, McIntyre and Sheamus to mm. with the Uso. That screams to me Royal Rumble! That could be a big Royal Rumble match.
0: Like, I saw that when they won their tag match to get the War Games advantage. I was like, mm. ooh, that's a
1: fun tag title match. If you're going to demote Sheamus from allegedly what we assumed would be a Rumble match with Roman, give him the stakes. Give him, like, if the Uso is going to have his legendary tag run, Put him with credible threats, because for me, when, when Seamus said that, you're going to face me and McIntyre, I was like, ooh, credible threat. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been missing for a while. Each time they debut and you tag, you're like, yeah, they, they ain't going to beat the Usos. You want a credible threat where you can suspend your disbelief and go, this could happen, they could lose it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Seamus and Drew McIntyre, who's arguably the number one or number two babyface, depending on what you know, yeah. news you get. In the match, Drew could win a tag titles. Why not? Yeah.
0: Uh, this—I mean—that match is gonna happen next week after the Usos wow. beat Elias and Matt Riddle. Well, what are they gonna and do?
1: Then, I, hope, yeah, okay, I don't know. In, in events era again, like, I don't want to compare. You know what the past era and the new era been doing? Because the new era's been okay, not that great. But um, what it, what's gonna happen? A DQ finish? Then yeah, they gonna I think the Usos are just Rumble? gonna win. I think the Usos will beat them. Maybe they'll
0: do a rematch and they'll just kind but of string want- this along. Wait, but I'd you- rather the first
1: match just take place on th- the Big Show. Wouldn't you be less excited if they do a rematch for Rumble? We've been, I've seen it already. And
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, if I was having my way, I'd put it off, build it up to a, be a really big match. But if they're just going to do it, I would prefer they just do a clean finish and have the Usos win in a great match. Unless they do a ladder attack
1: team match at the Rumble, then I can forgive them. That's interesting. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen one of those in tag
1: know. tag division in a while. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. a Big stipulation match. There something. There you go. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. If they did that, that'd be nice. But I, I shouldn't. We shouldn't. I shouldn't fan book because that's how you disappointment Because you <laughs> you're like, this is how I would do it. And if it's not done, you're like, mm, I'm mad. It didn't. They didn't do how I would have
0: done it. We can't have that. Next up, we had Damage Control coming out for a promo and Bailey harassed Michael Cole a little bit. Good job, Bailey. And says that no one on the SmackDown uh, women's roster stepped up to them at War Games, and that disappoints her because she's the longest reigning SmackDown women's champion. And it's at this point that Liv Morgan comes out and says, "Oh, if you've got a problem with the SmackDown women's division, then we I'm all here. do. It's like, I, I do. do. We all
1: do. I, I do. Yeah, we all do. Liv, we, we all got a, we got an issue because it's some sort. It's like it's fragmented island because there is a division, but it's not being used. It's it's quite weird. It's kind of like if we don't get a Shayna and Ronda. It, you know, scene or you don't get Raquel scene or Shotzi, You might get Liv. It's it's nothing cohesive. It doesn't feel like a women's division. It feels like it feels like Ronda and Shayna at all. Yeah, you know it, what it, I mean? yeah.
0: It, it, I mean, we've discussed the s- state of the SmackDown women's division. <laughs> the state of that division. It is Stinky. in a state. It is in a state. Stinky. And at the very least, they got some help because Liv Morgan came out and she said all of that, and then she looked at the ring and said three on one sounds fair ran down through dakota kai into the bar, or into the steps and then through Eoskai into the barricade gets in the ring takes down bailey she's fighting her for like five seconds and then she gets swarmed three-on-one stupid baby face stupid stupid stupid
1: don't be stupid no she's not stupid she's she, crazy oh, she's crazy she's g- lally she's cuckoo bonanza oh wait the part of live morgan will now be played by darby allen yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Right? That, that's her thing now, right? She's this, she's this, you know, Spike Dudley, devil may care kind of thing. Like she's little- hey, That's fine, but I don't know.
0: If she had some sort of plan to actually take on all three of them at once, beyond just, sure. um, I'm going to give it my she, best try. She wanted a beating. She just, yeah. She's just not scared of a beating, but like, I don't know. I think it's weird if you go into that fight
1: not expecting to... Win it and maybe she did but she wants to earn the respect she's to the fans for being gutsy she's a gutsy baby face smart. smart maybe not but gutsy yeah. yes so she's
0: getting beaten down and who makes the save but tegan Knox and her rainbow hair like
1: jeff the rainbow warrior <laughs> right that's what i was thinking i was like yeah. oh my gosh what I was missing is uh the you know the normal words theme song that's yeah that's was missing she
0: had a choice to make with her hair and she made all of them. She made all, the cho- all of the choices. She looks more of a tag partner to Shotzi than she did prior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. she does. She, I mean, she could be Dakota Kai's tag team partner right yeah. now. There's a lot of
1: colorful haired people in I WWE they, I right don't, now. I hope they don't forget that whole thing. Shotzi.
0: I mean, <laughs> I don't think, I, they might forget about the Shotzi bit because
1: Why? like... The, the tag title thing, that, the whole running joke about how they never got the tag title shot.
0: Oh, I remember it. I don't think anybody back there remembers it and... Fair enough. I care not for remembering the championship contenders era. But thankfully, Michael Cole did point out that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox have a lot of history in NXT. I like that very much. That seems like a logical first. Feud for Tegan Knox now that she is back. She starts fighting with damage control. She kind of gets triple-teamed a little bit, and then Liv Morgan gets a stick, hits them with the stick, and then they stand tall. A return for Tegan Knox, an additional warm body to be added to this division. I don't Know how much to expect out of that because it's not like Tegan Knox is a very good worker. I like seeing her back. I'm more excited to see her matches than a lot of other people in the division. Mm. But she's never really been someone who's gotten the rocket strapped to her back either. So maybe that could change. I hope it does.
1: In the minds of, in the mind of a lot of people, who is she? Like Michael, who? What the heck is that? Is true? Is the new theme music that she debuted? But like you said, she's been part of a tag team you know she wasn't like there long enough on SmackDown to establish herself i'm worried it's like another thing hey guys you remember this person right you remember this person what do you mean you don't know who this person is this person was here before they need to do more i hope that next week they can do some sort of vignette of like mm-hmm. where has she been for a lot of people it's like she had a tag match and one day she wasn't there anymore because not everyone reads online of what's going on i think about the teenagers or the young kids with their parents like she looks like someone. She dyed her hair to the point where people might not know it, that's Tegan Knox from before. Or yeah. was it just is it Knox? Was she known? as just Knox or was it Tegan? Was she known? As, was she had a one-name. Well it was you know I mean? It was Shotzi
0: and Knox. But, but Shotzi lost her last name, but she still was Teagan Knox. The team name was just Shotzi and Knox. And if it sounds stupid, that's because it was. <laughs> Holy God. But yes, I think they should do like a, a vignette of like, well, these are all of her knee injuries and everything that she's had to fight through to get back to this and whatever.
1: Like, so getting kicked in the face yeah, by the Kai. There's
0: loads of story to be told
1: with Tegan not. I'm getting worried because I'm getting that. worried because uh, the fans know who Damage Control is. They're going to have more of an emotional investment with mm. that side of the team. And then this newbie with colorful hair. Color hair is cool. I feel like fans are not as fickle as before. It's like, cheer for this person just because. I need, Triple H needs to do more in terms of like, this is what you should cheer for her. Dakota Kate turn the face. You saw that in the War Games package. And then she was in the tag team for a bit. And then she mm. went. And then, what have you been doing? Why is your hair colorful? Explanation for us to care. That's what I want. I feel like it's been missing. That's why a lot of wrestlers have returned. They've been a bit cold. Mm. It's just like, you know, like Emma. Yeah, yeah. Emma's like we we're getting the whole backstage thing with her and and Madcap. Like, yeah, I've been gone for five years. Put down the promo package. Mm-hmm. Make us care. Make us feel like, oh, you know, it's a yeah. confidence issue. It, <laughs> I
0: mean, in this case, it's the first week, so I'll give them a little bit of time to, in order to make that happen. But yeah. I totally agree. And then we had Karrion and Cross cutting his backstage promo with Scarlet reading her tarot cards. Interesting, whatever. Was there a camera in that scene? That's what I'm like. Was there a camera that I mean, there he was to... talking to the camera, so I yes. guess so. But it, I don't know. It's a choice. And then we had a spooky Uncle Howdy promo. And then we had our main event, which we've already talked about. So that brings us to the conclusion of this episode of
1: SmackDown. Sat, what do you, uh, what do you give this show? I give it a three and a half. Uh, I feel like the Gunther and the Kofi Kingston match was great. Santos Escobar and and uh, Ricochet, you know, they blew, they tore the house down. That's like a almost like a small portion of what you, of what they did in Lucha Underground. So mm-hmm. I feel like match was great. And then also establishing new uh, rivals for the Usos. I feel like they put a lot of moving pieces. The return of Tegan Knox. They are moving things along. Even though we don't have a December pay per view show, but they are having shows ready for SmackDown and Raw for the next few weeks. So I feel like three and a half. Room for improvement, but not bad. Yeah,
0: I think that's pretty much fair. I will, you'll see in my edited review that will be coming out shortly, that I gave this show a four out of five because I thought the opening match was very good. The main event was very good. I like the Walter Kofi Kingston match. It's a good little sprinkle of like good match, good match, good match. The things in the middle in between there. Uh, th- there was some interesting stuff. Tegan mm. Nox is back. That's kind of like that's a special return type yes. thing. There was plenty to see on this episode of SmackDown that make me f- comfortable saying that this was a four out of five show. But if it's like it was like a low four out of five, it was like a three and a half to four. So mm. like I- I'm with you for sure. And that will bring us to the end of our SmackDown podcast. Thank you very much for watching this show. Make sure, of course, that you like this video. Subscribe, enable notifications to Always On so you never miss another podcast just like it. We will be back next week for continued coverage of all things wrestling when Luke and Pete review Monday Night Raw and then we just keep on going. We're into the end of the year. (laughs) Running out of steam. We're into the end of year content. So there's going to be a lot more podcasts coming in the weeks to come with... Our, our Wrestler of the Year Award, our Match of the Year Award, Pay-Per-View of the Year, Worst Match and Worst Pay-Per-View. There's loads to look forward to, so make sure you're subscribed to WrestleTalk Podcast
1: so you don't miss a single one of those. Sat, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a temp, set era, baby. Because you know they love to say era, oh, but we actually like to say error. It's a new era here. Temp, Set era. It's going to be great. You want to some me? Sizzle me! Sats. Yeah! yeah.